And welcome to the sit down where we have conversations with creators from across this beautiful motherland of ours. My name is Marco Boy, a filmmaker and an all round story lover. And today we are sitting down with Kobe and Koli, director producer duo from South Africa. We are talking about the best of the best. Kobe is renowned for producing Umtashato for Soul City, which aired on CABC, while Koli is famous for his co creation of Rhythm City. This is definitely a duo that we all need to listen to and find out what their journey has been if only to understand what it takes to make such amazing art. We are recording this over Zoom, so we apologize for any sound inconsistencies that we might have. The Podcast. How was the international film you're working on before the lockdown? What was, what was going um, on with that? It's called um, Around the World in 80 Days. Oi. You know the song? <laughs> I think I, I feel like I've read a book or yeah, I've had a story. Two, yeah, the book. Yeah, so it's like it's a it's French literature, yeah. and and the book. Um, the the sorry, the, the the made two films. One was made in the fifties, and then one in the early two thousands uh, with uh, Jackie, not Jackie, the other one, the first one, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, yeah. Yes. So so then they they're now making a a series. Oh. Yeah, off it. So so it was cool, man. It was cool shooting. So like it's a co-production with France, Italy, the UK, and Jeez. South Africa. So is the so budget cool. that crazy or is just locations? Because that's a lot of co-production, a lot of producers. But it's it's more it. it's more like TV deals. Oh. That's basically that's where the money comes from. I mean, yeah. the the project kind of lends itself to such because. Um, it is around the world in 80 days. Yeah. So yeah. You, need, you need as many different diverse locations that as you can. Really but the main the main locations were literally South Africa and um South Africa and Morocco. because oh. like, oh, it's 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 um it's a period. So it's not like you can go and and and, and shoot in in France. You know what I mean? So so yeah, so those are the main locations, and then every now and then we'd send second units to go shoot. That was the plan anyway before Corona. I guess for this podcast, really, and the YouTube part was like uh, the first section was really looking at, you know, where did it all start for both of you? You know, did you each of you like end up waking up in the morning the toy that you wanted when you were a child was a camera, or your parents filmmakers was you know. How did it, and you can choose who to start. How did you end up where you are now, you know, making an international film, being on a TV series set? What's that path like? Yeah. Um, <laughs> for me, it was a complete fluke, man. Like, um, I thought I was, <laughs> I thought I was, I thought I was gonna be, yeah. I thought oh. I was gonna be, yeah. I thought I, I was more into maths and science, uh, which I'm still in, into, but I suppose more as a hobby now. Do um, you think that your family was more into sciences, or what? What was? No, no, no. My mother's a nurse. My father was a a, a a a a political activist and stuff. I don't I don't know where actually that interest comes from. I don't. Maybe it's a thing to think about. I'll uncover it at some point. <laughs> There's probably was a teacher who said science is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> But 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 yeah, then 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 I did 
uh, first year of engineering and it was hectic and I really hated it. And I just, uh, I just kept fl- flunking everything. It was chemical. <laughs> oh like, my. And, and, and it was terrible. And, and I think it made it clear to me that that's not who I am. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I had to figure out what it is that I wanted to do. And I thought I wanted to do advertising. Yeah. Well, how still, come, why? It's, so, it's such a different world. What was drawing you into advertising? I figured, I figured maybe something, something much, much more arty, but also that includes critical thinking. Because yeah. I think that's what I liked about maths. Yeah. That's you know, you, you know, I mean, like, I'm not saying these, these thoughts were deep. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying these were the thoughts. <laughs> they crossed they <cost> my mind. <laughs> they randomly crossed my mind, yeah? So, oh. so, so, uh, yeah, so then, I, yeah, I thought, like, if I'm not going to do maths, what else can can engage my mind critically, you know? Like, that was kind of the thinking. And then I was like, oh, maybe advertising, because you bet ideas constantly. And whatever and then and then I registered for for an advertising course, but then the course came with um with television it was it was it was an actually it was a three pronged course so that it was advertising television and and graphics design because it overall oh, wow. like a media yeah studies, it was media studies, media studies. Yeah, right. yeah and then so so yeah then from then like I really hated advertising and then I, I fell in love with <laughs> You hated advertising as well. Yes, that I just didn't. <laughs> hate it. I don't why. Why are we selling cigarettes now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then, and then, yeah. and then I loved television, and then, um, yeah, and that's what that's where it started for me. Like, that, that that's because it it was one it was one of those things that didn't happen often in life. You know when you mm. when the thing just pushes you, right? Like so, it's like I started shooting short films. Uh, we started a magazine uh, with a bunch of friends at the school. I started reviewing films. I was watching um, films at Stair Chemical. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was, like, it was just like that. It was, it was so much. I did so much that in a year, I kind of didn't see the point of being at school anymore. So I dropped that and then started. Oi, I did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you think pronged such, is it your interaction, what is it about TV when you're in school that made you feel so attracted to it, like so drawn to it? Because mm. that's, I mean, you've spent so much time moving in and out engineering, you know, you have interacted with all these spaces that didn't feel so connected. Yeah. So what was it that made you feel like, okay, I, th- I think I'm home. I think I like this. Oh, that's interesting. Probably storytelling. I don't, I don't, it's like I can't, I can't actually crystally articulate what that was. But I think, I think it was storytelling. It just made so much sense. And I, and I felt like um, so, many, uh, so many industries, storytelling industries around the world have, been, have had the opportunity to tell great stories about themselves. But South Africa was, at, especially at that time, was at a place where we hadn't really done much work in that regard, right? Mm. And it felt like it was just, a, it's a, it was a great opportunity. And yeah, and then, you know, it's like anything was possible. I think we only, I think Iso Iso had happened already, yeah. Iso, was it Iso, Iso. Yeah. Yeah, it, it had happened already. So, so 
So yeah, that was it. I think it, was, it just felt like an opportunity to, because you know, I've, I'd always been obsessed, and this this includes me going to engineering. I've always been obsessed about being a thinker in the in the in an industry and and an influence. And and part of the engineering thing when I when I attend on the engineering thing, I realized that even if I make it as an engineer, I'm not going to be a thinker. I'm going to be a worker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to clock that card every morning. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't feel like I had enough brain capacity to actually yeah. be extraordinary, right? Like, and, yeah. and I was always searching for a space where I can do that, and it felt like. Or maybe when you were there, did you feel like you even cared? Yeah, but that's what I mean, right? Like, it's like you don't care enough to actually... Yeah, you want to pursue it. And what was the beginning like for you, Kobe? How, ah, your I mean, parents, were your parents filmmakers, photographers? You had a camera no since you were a child. My mom, my, mom was a my mom was a teacher, very strict. English teacher, English teacher. Anyone whose parent was an English teacher, it's a given. They're storytellers. No, not even, hey? But you know yeah. what, actually, like, I think I never, I never, re- I was never, like, people who know me from school, as in, like, high school, yeah. they've yeah. always thought me as one of those people, like, I'm going to be a politician, I'm going to be serious, I'm going to be changing, like, be involved in, like, policy making and that kind of thing. What? And, and, and that's, the, that, that's the exterior appearance I project <laughs> to the world. But I think in metric, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but there, there was one thing for sure. And yeah. that was, I knew that I wasn't going to make a great employee. And also I didn't like the idea of having to work Monday to Friday and then only live Saturday and Sunday. This is in high school. How are you having these thoughts in high school? Like <laughs> I was deep. She was a poet. Oh, I was a poet. Oh, he'll tell you all about my poetry days. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you must ask you about my poetry days. It's <laughs> hilarious. Anyway, so yeah, after metric, it's like I was like, okay, cool. Um, what 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 do I want to do? And I think there was something in me that says I don't care what I become. As in like I don't want to define myself and say this is who I am. I want to say, and I don't know what inspired this, but I was like, I've always like at the time I I, I could imagine my 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 tombstone, and I and, and I just thought of my eulogy, and it was I didn't want people to say. She was a whatever. I wanted. I, I wanted it to be like she did this, 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 this. You know, and that was my outlook. That was my what was outlook going, life. What was going on with you as a child? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Thinking about your tombstone. <laughs> I did. I did. I would even write it down. Like. <laughs> no, Are I you was, hearing this? Hearing what she said? Maybe, maybe that's how. Maybe that's how I got into poetry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like it's 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 interesting, but it's not surprising. It's it's the first time I'm hearing the story, but it's not surprising. I suppose it might sound extraordinary to us because I, I suppose Africans and and death yeah. death is a very taboo issue, right? No, I wanted yeah. to. I want. I want. I understand I, the poetry. Yeah, I want. I want. I, like at that time, I wanted to. I want. Like I I told myself when I die, I want to die on a high note. And so I'm not gonna box myself into anything just for the sake of of doing it, you know. And which, so and so I've done I've done I've done I've done a lot of things, you know, before coming into television. I mean, I was a poet. I was I was I was writing. I was performing. I had potential in that regard. And also, I was one of those people. I've always been comfortable to be in any space. Like I just knew there's something inherent 
in me that that's always known Guti. Whatever I plant myself, I will I will flourish. You know. So I did poetry. I did. I worked for a community-based project called Victim Offender Conferencing. I was a lead uh, mediator, so I was dealing with offenses and courts and mediating. And I, and I think at the time I was like before twenty-one, and the the shit I was dealing with, I was like, I'm too young for this shit. Like to be solving people's problems, whatever. And then I left that space, and then I went to work for a company that was um, artist management and uh, concert producing company so I got to manage artists I got to be a roadie I got to start um the agency for the company like I signed most of their not not wait 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 how old are we talking about is this between 18 and 21 no after 21 like 20 maybe maybe 21 22 yeah maybe 21 22 so that was a blast right like that was (laughs) that that was so cool like I, I was hardly ever at home I would be at work from Monday to next week, Monday, because we had like a show to do. I, I had to be on the road and the company was managing like some of the best, hottest, respected artists in, in SA. And that was my training ground pretty much. And then what did I do after that? Oh, and then I got to teach at um, a leadership called Imagination Lab. Actually, I was talking mm-hmm. to Holly the other day in terms of the, 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 the synchronicity of that, like how I met Gordon Cook, who is the founder of Vega, the brand communication school. So yeah. I met him and then we were talking and he invited me to Vega, which is this private uh, college to come and do a lecture yeah. there about spoken word. Yeah. And then I ended up being there to teach uh, yeah. in the leadership called the Imagination Lab. And then after the Imagination Lab, I think around that time, Holly and I had already met by then. Yeah. I was dope, so he couldn't resist. <laughs> and and he was like, I need to be around you. I was like, dude, I've got so many things to do. You know? Dude, he, didn't to, he didn't have to catch up. He was just there like, um, I think I think I'm doing this TV thing. And then you're like, oh, that, that's the only thing you're doing. Okay. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's interesting. Like, Thought and, of and something. His first film. He made a one-minute film. What do you call those one-minute films? Uh, quickies. Yeah, he did a quickie. <laughs> <laughs> it's one-minute film, and I wrote and I wrote the the script for it, which was a poem. Yeah. And he got to shoot it, and I think it was shortlisted. It was shortlisted. Akina Matoso was doing the voice for it, um, so it was like I was already in without me knowing that I'm in, you know. So my first, and then and then from there, one thing led to another thing, maybe because of his influence as well, because we already started dating by then. My first gig, my first real gig in the industry, it was as a script editor for a, for a sitcom. So my job was just to come in and like, we had like writers, like a round table of writers. And so when we discussing script, my job was literally to, to, to listen, make the changes and that kind of thing, and make sure that the, whatever developments come out of that room, become like the, you know what I mean? Like become implemented. So yeah, and then that's how I got, that's how I got into the industry. But even when I was doing that, I was still doing other things, you know? I was still doing, I was still doing events. I was still performing. uh, I was still pursuing other things. Like I've I've never, I've never really been, I've never been in a situation where I felt like, okay, I've arrived. I've always felt like, okay, this is just part of the journey. I'm just here for a bit and I'm going to do it. I'm going to ride it whilst it lasts and then I'm going to move on to the next thing. 
so yeah, that's 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 how I started in the industry. And, oh, and then Holly uh, used to, and then Holly used to God. abuse our relationship. Remember that shit that he did? What shit? So it was it was it was some educational thing and like about um, encouraging kids to read. And then yeah, he made, I made me. I made you famous. You made me fucking famous. <laughs> <laughs> and then he shot the thing at night. Like I was there on that set for like maybe three hours. And just repeating things, and I was not even—I was not even getting paid because he probably told the paradise like, "No, she's my girlfriend, or I know her, or something." And that's how I was already within the it industry. Was giving back, I was giving back to the community. I was giving back to the community. And Colleen, I, just just to find out when you're coming out of when you're coming out of college, you decided, you know, okay, this is it. I know what I need to do. I've spent a year grinding. Yeah. And I've decided I'm coming out of this. Yeah. Where were you going? What was that decision process like? You know, so you so that, that one year, I did so much uh, that I even got um, to connect with some people in the industry. And I was cocky and I was young and I'd watched a lot of films, which had, which had like three things that sometimes work but don't work with filmmakers. So I met, <laughs> yeah. I met a guy called Robbie Thorpe. In the year I was doing, I was doing uh, this course, and and basically I was telling him how extraordinary I am, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then he said, okay, fine. <laughs> he says, okay, fine, take the job, and I was like, nah, I can't take the job, dude. My mother's already paid my fees for the year. I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not dropping out. And then, and then when I when I did decide to drop out at the end of the year, then that's the guy I called. And then, and then, yeah, and then, and then he gave me employment. And it was it was um, for a company called Curious Pictures at the time. It's now called Quizzical. And the project was Soul City. Uh, Soul City. Yeah, yeah, you know? I know Soul City. Yeah. Who doesn't know Soul City? Exactly. Like there we go. Uh, the project was Soul City. I think it was Soul City Four or something. And my yeah. job was to email scripts to writers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how did you do? I fucked it up, Brian. <laughs> I'd email old drafts. And, uh, man, I was a mess. Um, yeah, it was terrible. Like, actually, I, I don't know. Like, this, it was really terrible. Like, so the process with Soul City is the doctors or whoever whoever runs the whoever runs the issues of the year or whatever right yeah. decide, decides yeah. what what the subjects are going to be right the subject yeah. matter yeah. is going to be and then and then it goes to the doctors or whoever it's, it's appropriate for and then yeah. they kind of crystallize what it should be right yeah. and then it goes to the creatives and then the creatives have to dramatize it right yeah. and then it, it gets written into a script and then you have to send it back to the doctors and like basically back to that chain so that everybody can go through it and then there's a big meeting when everybody kind of assembles and then gives feedback in terms of, yeah, but you're not articulating this medical issue properly Mm. or whatever, right? Mm. Tweak it here and then. I would send the wrong draft for those meetings, man. (laughs) (laughs) The man who broke the chain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, and, please, uh, and, Rob, and Robbie Top never fired me. 
and, and he had why? No I am here wondering why. Exactly. <laughs> I, I didn't know why I wasn't fired myself. Like, and, and, yeah. and there's nothing worse than going to work not thinking, thinking why day? am I not fired? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and his thing, he had enough presence of mind. Because, I mean, you can imagine as a producer, because he yeah. was the producer of the project. Yeah. And basically, it doesn't matter. You can't, you can't, your excuse can't be this kid sent the wrong draft. <laughs> yeah, he right? still has to take the heat, yeah. You sent the wrong draft. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and, yeah. and a meeting um, uh, of, of these important people doesn't happen often. So it's one opportunity in a, in a, in a lifetime. And now, and now, professional. And now it's wasted. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's a big deal. But he had enough presence of mind to know that that, that, that task wasn't... Yeah a test of whether I'm capable or not capable as a filmmaker. Yeah. It's probably during this time that Holly self-diagnosed himself as, what, almost a schizophrenic, what are you, dyslexic? (laughs) 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 You can't can't put it all together. You have to find a reason why. You have to find a reason why you're sending the wrong. (laughs) I mean, that's not the reason I'm sending wrong emails, but but dyslexia is an issue, yeah. (laughs) And then what happened? Did you find, how long did you stay with Old City? What 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 happened to that? So I, I I pulled it around. Like it was it was one of those interesting things actually that the experience of Soul City. I lived in Soweto at the time because that's where my home is, right? Yeah. And it's kind of set up in that environment. Out, 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 it's out. not it's sorry. So I'm every gonna... time we shout in out because the we've, dogs we've, have we've come got dogs, to... yeah. Yeah, I have a cat. So I had many, but they they died. But I have one. Yeah, but left, so I understand. But, but cats are independent, right? Cats just chill there, man. Yeah. <laughs> dogs are a whole lot. I, is yeah, it a small dog. house dog? Is it like a small those small? Yeah, dogs? those small. Yeah, those. No, small no, animals. I would never have. My brother yeah. had those. They, they're like little babies. It's just, and it's two of them. So if one does Oi. a thing, and then there's a no competition. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, yeah. So, so I'm saying Soul City was was um, a transformational experience in the sense that I I used to attend the the, the storytelling meetings, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm probably the only person that comes from that environment, which is actually quite interesting. And, and yeah. from the environment that the world is set in, and it might not necessarily be so too, but I'm talking about townships, life, and whatever, and. The the thing that I can never forget is that oh this is how you write stories, because like why are the it's like in my head was like why are the characters so morbid, mm. right like it's like because where I come from there's poverty there's suffering there's this but we're not known for being uh, depressed and you know what I'm saying like at, at death's door yeah, yeah right. And 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 then like for for six months at least I understood that to be oh that's how you write stories just depress depress everything <laughs> <laughs> and then and then later on it's like when a, a ten beggars like actually no this is bullshit they actually but it's just people who don't know what the fuck they're doing they don't know what yeah. they're doing they have the yeah. skill but they don't know the worlds that they're trying to articulate Creative, and and yeah. and so they they don't they don't know, they don't have the nuances. But then the other revelation is like, but then that's why you're here. But then I had to then grow confident from the kid who couldn't send the right email to now having to say, yeah, you're wrong, my friend. You're wrong. This is not yeah. how 
I, I think that was like probably my biggest emotionally challenging uh, moment in the creative world, just having those walls. But then that got me ready for the next project. At the time, the company... Did you actually was, tell them? Did you actually... Yeah. Let them... I mean, that's why, that's why they brought me in the, in the first place. But, you know, yeah. like sometimes you're too young and you're too small and you're looking at everybody and everybody's an expert. But then yeah. it takes you a while to realize that, that, that you're a doctor. No one really knows. Yeah, no yeah, one really don't. knows what they're doing. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter what, what, how, what you're good at. But if yeah. you don't know that thing, you don't know that thing, right? And, yeah. and, and, then, and then I understood it as a responsibility to actually say, actually, there's a doctor here so that the medical stuff is taken care of. So there's me here so that the authenticity for the experience, is... For the experience. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and, mm. and, and, and once I understood it like that, even even the the insistence and the, the disagreement wasn't coming from a place of, of you guys are wrong. It was just coming from a place that this is this is my responsibility. I'm, I'm, this is how I'm contributing to this. And yeah, and so that went so well that um, at the time, Quizzical Pictures, yeah. then Curious, was doing a project uh, called Charger. They'd just done... Um, a pilot. Yeah. They just done a pilot um, of this project um, of a kid. I don't know how well you know South Africa, but <clears throat> anyway, it's like a kid, it's like a township kid uh, from Johannesburg. Uh, he mixes up with the wrong guys. Something goes really terrible and his life is at risk. And then he has, he has to escape to go to his, rel- to his relatives in the outskirts, in the, in the rural outskirts of of. South Africa, in this case, Eastern Cape. And outside of the drama, that was my life because I was born in, in Soweto and, and then I was shipped to, to, to the Eastern Cape during the violence in South Africa. So, 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 so that was my life. So then I was continuing the theme about, so I watched, I watched the thing, I was like, God, like the actors can't even speak the language properly, like right kind of thing. And then I, as I sort of got my way in as a, I don't know, cultural police, but it, it, it quickly, became, it quickly yeah. became a creative endeavor, you know? And, yeah. and, and that's, I, I would say that particular project was the project that launched me as a creative. Because I, I became, I became uh, a centerpiece to, to the creation of that series. But also I think what you haven't said is, even when you got to quizzical curious at the time mm-hmm. you already had your sights on being a director so it's not yeah. like it's not it's not it's not like he was doing the admin in a dyslexic way and then trying to figure himself <laughs> out the goal I think I, I think I think the goal was always you wanted to direct right yeah. and and you were doing like music videos on the side and yeah. that, and that, I think that's important yes, yeah. to yeah. say yeah. and, and yes. Kobe for you why do you I'm, I'm, this? A, I'm a good PR I know, I know. Uh, my question for you, Kobe, is like, how did you, where did you gain the confidence in your writing and in your, um, in your ability to self-express? Just as a, it's almost like a weird, interesting contrast, you know. Yeah. From what I feel, from where I'm seated, it feels like you already had this energy around you where you feel, okay, I know what I'm saying and I know my voice and it's clear and I'm willing to speak it through. Where do you yeah. feel that confidence came from? To know that I can, I can, I can do this. I can express myself. It's, inter- it's interesting. I think um, I can't say that I, I got that from home because I think home was the opposite. Like everything was just suppression. Be a child and 
go to school and don't waste don't don't waste too much of our money type of thing, right? Uh, but but also uh, I was a bit of a recluse, right? So I, I I'm the kind of person that would spend my days in the library, like even in primary, high school, whatever. I I, I didn't mind my own company. I actually I actually reveled being in my own company. So I've always been comfortable as a solo act, you know. So I've never I've never had it, it to an extent that even in groups, I I I I I I realized that I would show up because it requires you to, but it's like okay, this is my contribution, but like I'm not I, I was never really part of the pack, you know. It's like I've always been just part of the project. It's like hey, we and, and I can get along with anyone, like. Let's just do this. It's done and whatever. So I think I don't I don't know where the confidence comes in, but I've always been I've always been comfortable in my own skin, so to speak. Um, and then so the reading I I I I spend most of my time in the library. I used to enjoy like writing. I mean, at school when we try stuff like and they say let's do like a radio drama, or whatever. It's like I'm one of the people who would volunteer to actually write the script. I didn't know the format or the language of script, but like I just like. I've I've never seen anything as like too too difficult or impossible, you know, to do. So so and also like in my teen in my teen years, also there's a context to it because also it's the it's the it's the years of hip hop. Uh, later on, Kwaito in South Africa. So like there was a lot of expression. There was a lot of like um, self like acclamation. I think uh, from different voices and that kind of thing. And I think I could identify with it. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, so, 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 so there is this level of expression. So there are like varying like point of views and I can actually, I mean, I remember, I mean, I was saying to, Holly knows this, I was saying like, I think in 2000, um, you know, the, the Y2K bug situation when it was happening. Yeah. And I remember I I would have like excruciating, like nightmares (laughs) of it. Oh my gosh, the world's going to end. But (laughs) that's how much of a psycho I am. (laughs) <laughs> and I would have this conversation like, if I were to cross over into the next millennia with one thing, what would I what would I take? What would that what was that? Lauren Hill Miseducation. Lauren Hill Miseducation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I promise you, I was obsessed. <laughs> I was obsessed. So 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 that obviously had like a lot of influence in terms of like expression, in terms of being bold, in terms of not necessarily looking for validation, just saying and um, doing whatever I thought was authentically me, right? And also that's where the poetry came from. And also dude here, um, because he was trying to score points, he was very supportive in that, in, in, in that sense, right? He 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 he, he, he didn't know what you were writing, girl. He didn't know what you were writing. He was just there reading. He was like, ah, very nice, Meg. <laughs> so yeah, good, but, but, but it was deep. <laughs> he was like, ah, so deep. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so so I would go and perform like open mic sessions and that kind of thing. And he would come with his friends. Boy, with his <laughs> friends. And I used to hate him because they would laugh at other poets. And I was like, <laughs> man, like. <laughs> Like, you, know, you know, no poetry. You know what poetry and, and Christianity tell, have in common. Tell us what poetry and Christianity. It's like we accept you however you are, right? It's like so in a poetry thing on an open mic day, and yeah. 
like somebody's reading a letter. Nobody's saying, "What are you doing? Did get off?" You know. What I mean? Oh, that yeah, sucks. Yeah, like, uh, you know, dude. That used to be torturous. Like. <laughs> and and <laughs> it's it's like, and then and then because this is my thing, and then he's coming mm. in the theater, and I could hear him laugh. I was like, "This guy, I don't. Know, what am I even doing with him?" Like. <laughs> He doesn't even get it because also it's like not every day is going to be perfect. He's not, not woke. He's not woke. He's not woke. You know? And then he's going to come here and tell me about the Wu-Tang Clan. Who gives a shit? Like, this is the authentic African shit people, you know? So, 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 so. so. Was, what was Africa before Africa was Africa? Before Africa was Africa. Exactly. With a drop. With it. And then, and then the, the title itself, Africa. you have to see. The So, so anyway, back to the topic. So I was, so, so, so I lived, I lived, I lived in that scene for a while, like yeah. just going and doing these open mic sessions. And I thought I was yeah. deep, and I thought I was woke, and I thought I was yeah. an individual until one day, like you actually open up your eyes, and everybody's kind of like wearing the same kind of like dashiki and. I was like, yeah, actually, yeah. we are fucking. This, there's no individuality. It's just a cult. Actually, that's yeah. I you, know, that you know, and that's the irony of of those spaces. It's like oh, I'm yeah. an individual. I don't conform. Self-expression. Uh, actually, yeah. African and all yeah. of that. And then you think you're so dope. You're so unique. But actually. <laughs> If you if if you just step back a bit, it's like you are all the same. You're all saying the same thing. Yeah, and 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 I think and I think that's the space that kind of like builds me in terms of like the confidence that I already had. Is it was I, yeah. I, I I I was never in a position where I questioned my confidence, but that was yeah. the space that kind of like validated my point of view, so to speak. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And how do you think those spaces have have and this is not jumping forward, but how do you feel like those spaces have like affected your ability in the world of storytelling? What do you think you took out? Because you you had all these intense interactions in this mm. space. How do you feel that translated into you coming um into the industry? And what do you yeah. think that provided for you in this other world of storytelling where Coley was in? Yeah, it's it's um the, the the reality is most of the time you are still dealing with the black experience, right? In South Africa, yeah. because South Africa is also like even amongst black people, there's there's so there's so many like divergent, I think, point of views and voices. Uh, but but having lived it, you 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 feel like you have the right to to the story, right? Yeah, and. Yeah. So, so, so me and him could be in the same environment and have two different perspectives on the same thing. And none of us is wrong. None of us, you know what I mean? Like, and none of us is wrong because, because we have different like perspectives. And, 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 and I think, I think, I think, I think the, the, the fact that already I had been on different stages, I had written, I had gotten like criticism, like feedback. And most of the time it was, it was positive, right? Which was kind mm-hmm. of like, so like affirming. Yeah. When, so when I came into the industry, um, I I never I never really struggled about do I have a space, do I have a voice? I just took it for granted that I do, you know? 
I just took it for granted that I do. And also it's, 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 it's quite a privilege, I feel, like being in the creative space because I think it's one of the spaces where even though there might be hierarchy, but when it comes to creativity, it's, it's funny because it's an industry with a lot of egos, but because people want dopeness, there's much yeah. more room. There's yeah. much more room for, 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 for different voices, for self-expression and that kind of thing without people necessarily feeling threatened to say, why are you saying this? Who say, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so, so and, and, and I think that's what made me gravitate um, towards the creative industry more than anything else. Uh, and so, Coley, for you, you're coming out and you've decided, you've stepped in and you're sort of getting your first, you know, shoes of directing in a way. I mean, yeah. you describe it as as creative, being a creative, you know. And yeah. it's almost like you're at that point where you realize, oh, okay, I have a view of life, I have a, an opinion that I feel like works for whatever it is that you're doing. How do you utilize this new space that you found within yourself and within your art? How, how do you grow from there? I start directing. Yeah. Um, I um, the, the one thing I, I realized very early is that you must start, I must now start avoiding, which is a thing to, that's difficult to walk away from. I must start. I must start. I must stop being seen as a police of 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 culture, but and 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 become a creative and start to create things and stuff. So there's two things I've always liked it. And I mean, till till this day, yeah. I like I like creating in the sense of coming up with ideas, and then I like executing in the sense of directing. Right? Mm. So those things kind of like were helping each other going forward. Mm. Um, it's like every new project I was part of the creation of it, and then and then I'd be part of the directing and stuff, and then that was the excavation. So every yeah. time there's a new project, you try harder and you try to go with it director. And yeah. at the same time, you just make sure that the concepts are, are coming in as tight as they possibly can. And, yeah. you know, yeah. And at what point did you transition out? How long did you stay in this space of quote-unquote police? So at what point did you jump out and what led to that jump? I tried, I tried to get out of it as soon as possible. Like... It's 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 these things can also become a political thing, right? Like when you know when you're in a room with let's say all white people, let's say it's ten of you and there's all white people and there's just you. That's that's <laughs> like yeah. Um, and your opinions are perceived as um, factual points about the world that that is being created. Mm. Whereas actually you want your opinions to be perceived as creative input. input right? uh, you see what I, I mean? Can see that. I can see that. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm not I'm not a historian. I'm not a I'm a guy yeah. with an idea. And yeah. and and that you like my idea or doesn't like or don't like my idea doesn't is not necessarily linked with the with the authenticity of the world. I'm 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 flexing my creative muscle here. You know what I mean? Like it kind of it became an instant thing. But like what I'm saying, I suppose the gravity of the police thing was was a, a lot stronger than to escape, right? Because that's that's how you are perceived. So then you have to push so that the perception changes and people see you as equal. How do you how do you even do that? That is such a huge um shift. And it's not a shift that is just inside of you. It has to be a shift to your audience as well and how they perceive you. How do you 
How do you not um, get something like You just that? do it. I think you just do it. I mean, people get you. The thing is, people have a perception of you and then and then people know you and then people actually know who you are, right? And 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 so yeah, in in you just doing what you think you are, people then accept eventually accept that. And it would that, that that's all it was. It just you just did it. And and it got to the point where like um in the later years I wasn't answering anything on authenticity of the world. Like I'm uninterested in that. You like get try and guess somebody else. Yeah. Get somebody like I'm not. I don't. Cause, yeah, it's 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 escaping that thing. Like it's, mm. I mean, is this right? I don't know. Like mm. um, ask me a creative question, I'll answer you. <laughs> and at you what point? What I mean? in, at what point in your journey did you fully? I know you're doing all these other side projects and you're making your own projects, but is there a particular project you feel like in your journey that, for your own self, that made you feel like okay now. I have come to my being that I am in a position of, you know, fully expressing my creative experience from a directorial perspective, or is there a particular project that you feel like was the beginning of that? Yeah. That's always a, di- a difficult thing. Yeah. Like, because, and it's a thing that I'm kind of battling with right now <clears throat> and also trying to, to mentally conquer it because I find it um, first, firstly uh, deceptive, but, mostly it's it's unfulfilling like creatives naturally undermine their successes mm. it's, it's a it's a thing that's oh. it's almost it's oh, tra- built, trust right? like, because it's, oh, i do that all the time <laughs> yeah so there's two yeah. parts of you like you know you know you know now when they're creating ai there's there's, there's two components that they create they create the creator and then they create the judge. So the, the, the one unit of component of AI is like working together. So that the one creates and the other one judges and then and then gives feedback and then the creation is right. It's like I feel like a creative is, is created like that, right? And and so so you you could have a, you could have a goal, for instance, to say, okay, I want to start directing, and then you start directing, and then you said, ah oh, man, that sucks, right? It's like, okay, cool. So this is what I want to do well in directing, and then and then you achieve that. But then by then you've got other goals, right? Like so, it's so it's so it's like it's a, it's a completely deceptive, uh, it's unattainable even like the, the things that you even you want you want to do. But I would say the I mean I've done two films. Like the first one was in Kenya. Oh, it starts yeah. in Kenya, ends up in South Africa. It's called Inside Story. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you came home you came home this is a motherland bro this is a, there's that motherland and then there's this motherland <laughs> um that was fun i really like i really enjoyed that and, and I, I did i did feel like it was kind of an elevation of what i'd always done um and and it demanded a lot and and um it's probably my proud my proudest piece thus far that was 2012 right and then, and then, so that, that I was quite proud of that. But then, then we started our company with Kobe Branded Soul. Yeah, and, and, and that's the point I actually want to ask that because that was literally the next question I was going to jump over to Kobe. Yeah, so I know, I know. That's how he likes questions. Television. He knows the building blocks. I know. So, so, 
the projects we've done under that, like, kind of, they carry more meaning, right? Because yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a much more pure self-expression. And that for me, Kobe, I think you can join us and just so that you can link at what point in your journey in connection to his, did you both get to a point and thought, huh, you know, he's used me a lot in his productions. You know, this man, this man has underpaid me, overused me. You know, I need to take control of this shit. And, you know, like, at what point did you both sit down and thought, okay, I feel like, I feel like there's a jam here. I feel like there's something that we feel I can create. Brennersoul is funny. Brennersoul as a company had been in existence because I had started the company and this this is when I was still doing events and that kind of thing, right? And I think yeah. I did like one event, uh, which was like um, a mixture. I think, what was it called? Poetry in Motion. Yeah. Was it Poetry in Motion? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah was, no idea. You, you did many, girl. You did many. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it, was, it was so long time ago, but this is after... I had left uh, being an employee and was starting out in, like on my own. And I had this naivety that the world can't wait for me to just come out and do this thing. And then I realized like, actually the world doesn't give a shit, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, you're black girl, you're on your own. And I did that. And then it was actually a success in terms of putting it together as a concept, as a tight quality concept. But then the 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 business side of it was lacking and i kind of like abandoned it for a while and i was freelancing and doing a hundred other things but the company had always been there and then whilst whilst in the industry with holly we kind of knew that all roads kind of led to us doing our own thing because i mean together we always had these ideas and we wanted to do things but then holly had always been busy with freelance work i'll be busy with other stuff but the yearning to just do things that are authentically us had always been there, right? And 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 part of it was we found ourselves in like rooms again, like like he was explaining, like maybe you are the only black person in this sea of whiteness, and then you're just sitting there. And there's a thing about that kind of environment where you know that you're writing for the black experience and you've lived part of it. But to articulate, and it, it, it's kind of like the, there's hurdles because you can't just say what's naturally true without having to translate it in your head, make it sound intelligent, make it sound palatable so that you can get buy-in. And then it's like, it's exhausting, right? It's exhausting that process. And so even at the end of the day, when those projects get to happen, you know that they're a shadow of what they could have been, right? And, and then, and then also, and then also there's a thing about, there's just certain things where, and I know that it's cliche, you know, like black people, most of the, or Africans, most of the time, we're like, we need to tell our own stories. We need to tell our own stories. There's also a thing about just thinking, breathing, speaking in your own language, however that manifests, right? Because that's the truest expression of that. And then sometimes when you have to take things and translate them into English, they get lost in translation so to speak. So that was a big motivator, I think, for us to say, let's just do our own thing, man. And we know it's going to be dope. And we're not going to follow the convention of using the trial and tested like writers and that kind of thing. We need to find like people, I mean, like with the pro- the first projects, actually the two projects that we did, we will find people who are 
Maybe it's a poet who's never written a script before. Maybe it's a novelist who's who's written a book, but a novel, but they've never written anything before. Maybe it's just a person that we know that they just they care about words, they care about writing. And these are the people that we're gonna bring in, we, 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 we're gonna bring on. And it was just that thing of 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 finally saying there's a better way of doing this for us. And we are we are we are not free until we can get to that point where you 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 activate at the speed of thought without having to translate, without having to adapt it so that it's it, it can be consumed or it's more palatable to the next person who doesn't necessarily um, have that experience. And the, the, the thing we couldn't take for granted is that we needed to be in those spaces because that's where our training came. Uh, and so we do, we obviously we're taking those skills with us, but in terms of doing the stories and, and the shows that we want to watch, it takes us to do them, you know? And so, and so, and, and so that's how Brenda's soul as a TV production company became. And the question for me is when you're starting coming out of that context, both of you like almost experiencing something so similar, but with such different approaches to it, mm. how is, how was it like trying to create a company that will have a voice? You know, how is it like, there's a concept, but implementing it, you know, what was that journey like trying to get, you know, your first project off the ground, you know, because there's only that, um, I like creatives have the ability to imagine before you implement. You can create yes. worlds and worlds and worlds, you know, you can almost see the ending mm. of your own life before. Oh, you did, you see, you did see your ending. You see what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, before the beginning, but what was that journey like trying to build a business, you know, in your own skins, you know, how was that, how did that it was quite daunting, but also we, we've been talking about it for so long. We, we, we convinced ourselves that we are ready for it, you know, because and it also it gets to a point where you feel you start feeling a bit dejected and a bit complacent. Um, you know what I mean? It's like when things start feeling like they're jobs, you know, and so you know that it's you, you need to do something or else you're just going to go crazy, you know. And then that was the the next logical thing for us to do, and that took that took a lot of like transformation in terms of our attitude. Like it was a paradigm shift because up to that point, we've we'd been creatives coming into other people's projects, and also you take responsibility from your job title, right, from where it starts to where it ends. And then also we in that process, we've also we 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 had already been engaging with like broadcasters and stuff but as employees, right, through other people's companies. And now for us to then come out as a company to say, you can trust us um, to deliver the same quality that you expect with, a, with an, already, like an already established company. That was huge. Uh, I mean, I, was, I, was even, I remember I was even saying to Holly that if it, if it means that I have to wear high heels and a... <laughs> Like sort like like a suit, so we can I can we can be taken seriously if that's what it takes. Because you know, like in the creative space, it's like you just show up as you are. I mean, Holly's like because he can he always just shows up as 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 he is. And like for me, I was like, okay, cool, dude. It's like don't wear a t-shirt, man. Put on a shirt. Let's go. So that because in my mind was like, okay, people, people, people respect you as a creative, 
but also they need to start seeing you beyond that as somebody they can trust their money with, not just in terms of thinking, creative ideas and all of that stuff, but actually for you to be able to, they can trust that you can deliver. So there was a lot of like introspection. There was a lot of um, growing up that needed to happen for us to actually eventually, or for, for, to eventually get our first project off the ground. And there was also like a lot of like knocking on doors because I mean, Holly is an award-winning director. You take it for granted that you just come in and people say, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like they trust him as, as, yeah. a, as, a, as a director, but he's always been under like big, for lack of a better word, corporations that they, they, they had entrusted with their money. And now we coming in, and also for me, it was a challenge because he's always been more on the public space. I've always been more behind the scenes. For me as well, it was, I mean, I remember like I would, like it, it, it was very difficult or it was a conscious thing to say, I didn't want to go into a boardroom and be referred to as Holly's wife. <laughs> I, like I, I thought, uh, like that was a conscious thing. Like, uh, like that, that's, for me, that would like, it would be the most demeaning thing because it means that yeah, it, take it away destroys from my you. Own yeah, ability yeah. and my mm-hmm. own merit, right? And, and yeah, so, 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 so it was like a lot of wheels turning and, 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 and a lot of the time, sometimes you just, it's just you projecting. It's not like that's how people perceive you or maybe they do, but it's like, what I'm saying, like there was a lot of like growing up so that when I come in, I'm coming in to say, Holly, uh, Holly is representing the company as a creative director. I'm coming in as a creative and a producer, right? So, so, so together we are a formidable force. And, and, and you should have faith in us taking your money and, and bringing it back. <laughs> hey, taking the money! Yes, taking the money! money. <laughs> Give us the money so we can come up, so we can go get you a product that you can be proud of. Were you feeling like it was actually an investment worth your while? So, so, so yeah, so there was a lot of growing up, uh, I think, with, 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 us, with us studying our own thing. And I think yeah. even I'll just uh, wrap up on this podcast session so we can look at some of some of the productions under Branded Soul so I, we can talk about how that process was like. I don't know if I'll pronounce it well. I'm looking at, is it Mata? Matatiele. Ma, Matatiele. Yes. <laughs> you should have let him pronounce it himself. I know. I, 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 I couldn't could embarrass yourself. I know. In Swahili, Matatiele. It's, it almost sounds... It's, anyway. it's, it's close enough. It's close enough. It's close, close enough. enough. Yeah. yeah, so we can jump into, you know, some of that amazing stuff that you guys have been able to, to bring to the screen, to bring to TV. Uh, just two questions, and I think for you, Koli, is what has... And Kobe has shared what the beginning had to be. It had to be a deep sense of growing up and, you know, sort of, you know, figuring this shit out together and saying, okay, this is how we are working... You're taking that corner, I'm taking that corner, this is how we're doing together. And it's been a couple of years now. What do you feel are the things, and because you still manage your 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 company and you still have other independent projects that you tackle on yeah. your individual basis. Yes. What do you feel has been the true learning process so far, running a production company and you know trying to still have your own individual voice outside of it? What have you learned so far in this in these few years? Um, you, you know that thing where you know, if you did, if you if you if if you haven't done it, it's not gonna be done. 
Yeah. Um, for me, that's the hardest thing. Like, it killed, it 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 hindered my my joy for directing, uh, yeah. running, doing your own projects. Because yeah. now, like for the first time as a director, you, you, you're worried about finishing a day. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then that, really? like losing money and all that yeah. stuff. Like, you, 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 you mentally, even though you're still waking up to do the same job, but mentally you've kind of taken up a lot more. And it weighs, it weighs. And, and, and it turns out to be a phenomenon because I thought it was just a me thing. No, I, I understand it so well. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm having conversations with other directors, Akin, for instance, because at the time he was already running, and I'm and I'm saying, but do you have this experience? Like, dude, it's a problem, and it it is it is it is a problem creatively, and it's one that needs to be solved somehow, because um, a director and a producer are not the same thing. And and to put them in the in one headspace is a terrible thing, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it, so if there's if there's ever a thing that kind of causes tension, it's that in your head, in the just in the sense of what has to be done. But I, I suppose that's what that's the producer's question. What is what it, this is, this must be done, and and the director's question is how must it be done. It's like and and yeah, they 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 very conflicting positions, and in one head it's a terrible place to be. And is there a way that you've been able to share that burden? So maybe I need someone to share that burden with. Is there a way that because I I understand it in such a personal, intimate way, and how inhibiting it can be in the creative process because you're already judging, and I guess it's almost such two two person thing now on like a heightened level. Yeah. You have a creative idea, and you're already judging it based on all the restrictions in your head. What you know? can be achieved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you two work together to sort of? But I mean, let's like, over this barrier. This... Just, just, just to clarify what the problem is. You see, like the yeah. problem is not is not is not in the two people, right? Yeah. The problem like, the... that I'm talking to you about is in me, yeah. right? Like so, exactly. Cody produces. Like I'm, I'm not a pre- like I told you I couldn't send an email. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so Kobe produces, right? Like yeah. So so this it's not like we're sharing space in that sense, right? But just the mere fact that you actually hold the responsibility to be financially to be financially responsible viable, to make a financially viable project puts you as a creative in a completely different headspace and it's a terrible thing yeah Yeah. and and it affects it affects your thinking so what i'm saying is it's an internal conflict rather than it's internal conflict for both of us because also things that happen on a daily basis because also we partners in business but also partners in life so there isn't there isn't a, a, a a a a checking out is it like okay? This is where the job ends, and like now I can go have a drink and spew out my day to somebody else. So when I'm coming in, I'm stressed, and then I'm telling him about it. So it's just like it becomes like it becomes like this vicious cycle that's unhealthy. I mean, I remember was it Matatiel? Like, yeah. what was the project where because we were sharing a hotel room? Yeah. And then you demanded that I book you your own room because. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because, because the thing is, 
you see, part of part of what makes you a, a great director, I feel, is arrogance. Right? It's like it's that thing where you get to set and you ask for five extras and there's three extras. And you say, okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And you're like, I can't work like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like and then and then they'll they'll have to bring, right? You you don't have that when when you step when you when you when you preview to the reasons why <laughs> why the straight why the straight extras <laughs> like you now can't, can't get that right like you know what I'm saying so you lost yeah. like you lose like a significant amount of your power right yeah. yeah and then and then it becomes but but then it's and it sounds like it's a little thing it's but yeah. it's huge in the sense that. Now you're operating on completely like uh, it's a compromise. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Like, but it's it's um you you on different grounds than like there's there's like a creative um like landing like this way like, mm. where you know it's like okay I know solidly that I've got this scene I know solidly that I don't have this scene right kind of thing so there's a there's a thing that like that the, there's a creative grounding that you kind of have that that you have as a compass right as to whether things work or not, right? But now, if there are other considerations other than that gut feeling, you kind of like you're hovering in the middle of nowhere. Can I also just admit, right? Like, so when that is happening with him, I'm also going through my own feels, right? And it's like, if he's coming back and he's saying he wants fucking five extras and <laughs> the three, it's like my instinct is like, what production are you working on, right? <laughs> yeah. And these directors, you think you're that special. There still has to be a budget that you adhere to and stuff. And 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 also, I'm not wrong, right? Because that's my job. But also, he's not wrong because his job is to turn that into the most beautiful, most impactful scene that could ever be, right? And... That that would be like a bit of a conflict. I mean, we work well together. I think just under. I think I, I think we know we know our lanes, right? We can fight about stuff, but we know that okay, when it, when he's on set, that's his turf, right? Uh, anything around it is my turf. Uh, but that experience as well made me. I think when I went when I went back to freelancing and I was working with other directors who were difficult. I remember like I would come back to me and I was like, I'm so sorry about what I had to put you through. <laughs> Actually, I get it now because <laughs> it's important mm. for the director to express what whether whether, whether he's gonna get it or not, that's his job to 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 want it, to demand it without without me feeling like it's a it's a it's a it's a it's 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 a it's it's a personal attack on me and for for and for us that's what I'm saying because there is the relationship but if 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 it's a, if it's a, if it's a if if it's just any other director and they're saying I can't fucking work like this I demand whatever it's like I'm not gonna go to the director and say what production are you working on whatever yeah. it's like okay cool let's see how we can make a plan and whatever and like also that having had this experience with him made it made me appreciate him even more and want to give him uh that space to say okay when we are getting i mean pre-prod and everything's like we can work together and all of that stuff that's the fun stuff because you're imagining things you're putting plans into place and stuff that, that and all of that but when it comes to shoot for to allow him to be the director even to a point where hiring like a line producer so that i'm not necessarily 
counting every cent to say, you know what I mean? Like, so, so there's a line producer that's taking the heat in an objective kind of way. And there's a bit of distance. And I can also have the foresight to say, um, yeah, I mean, like it makes sense what he's asking for. So why aren't you giving, why aren't you giving it to him? Or did you explain to him the reason why? And so it's not so intense, like all the time, you know? So I can still give oversight, but without transgressing, I think that sacred line of him being an arrogant director that he says. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you've answered, you've definitely answered the question that I had in mind because it was, how do you take, how do you help each other to manage this difficult internal process? And I think you've, you've really... Um, expressed it in like an amazing way why are you guys, uh, welcome, how, how do you guys why are you listening to my mental questions what's going on with you all right so one question to end this podcast session before we move on to the youtube one and it goes to both of you if you had if you had five minutes to a biggest fan i'm talking about someone who has read all your poetry Kobe. someone who's you know like they follow, they even have copies of copies of it. You know, they did their own open mic and they had to quote you in them. And call you at someone who's, you know, who has the same hairstyle, you know, who wears the same, only wears t-shirts, you know, uh, has only the kind of socks so you wear. You know? that, <laughs> what you just only... said that is, is a portrait of a man. <laughs> <laughs> and you only had five minutes with them. What would you teach them? Life is what you make. I know it sounds cliche, but like life is what you make it out to be. It's not that serious, you know? It's honestly not that serious. Um, if if you can sleep at night with, with a clear conscience, then your day was worth it. If you fucked up in a day and you wake up tomorrow morning, you've got a chance to start all over again. I mean, um, there's a, there's a line in one of the poems that I, that, that I wrote a while back and I've always wanted to tattoo it on me. One day, yeah, I, and it was like, what is it? The silence. Do you <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, the silence lasts only until the next note, right? Mm. And it's okay. That. Now I see why you wanted to tattoo it. Okay, you see, yeah, and I haven't. I so the next podcast <laughs> it should be about that line and my tattoo. Hopefully, I know. Yeah. So so yeah, that, that that that's what I would say. And 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of situations where you're gonna doubt yourself. The, the chances are even the people that you, you you you've put on the pedestal, they've had to start somewhere. Nobody knows anything absolutely. You know what I mean? Like the, everybody's trying to figure it out. And you've got nothing to lose in just trying and failing and trying again and failing and all of that. And I know I know that it's easier said than done because that's also a process that I myself am still going through. And to learn to forgive yourself, like there's, there's certain things that I hold that it's like they weigh down on me. I could have, should have, would have. And then one day I have to wake up and say, actually, I need to forgive myself so that I can function and bring out the best of me in this day. And that's 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 the advice that I'd like to that I'd like to give out to anyone. I don't know, man. Uh, I think I think in, in in the years of having people come up to you. Uh, ask you questions every time when I when sometimes you understand the gravity of the question after the fact uh, and and then regret the answer right maybe the, the I don't know. then like like I mean I have, I have 
here's a moment that was flooring for me. Uh, it's 2012. I just done Inside Story, and then it uh, it was showing at uh, at a festival in um, was it Tanzania? Like who's the? But I don't know. So I can't remember now. Some island, and it did well. But I didn't. I hadn't gone. So a guy who then heard that we were launching it in Nairobi was in Dar es Salaam, took a bus from Dar es Salaam to Nairobi. How long was that trip? I think it was almost a 20 like, oh, Yeah, almost, yeah. It's a, it's a long trip, almost a 24-hour trip. Yeah, yeah. long trip. Took, he, took, he took a flipping trip, a bus trip from, from Dar es Salaam to Nairobi to come see me. Now, I don't know what, what to say to that guy, right? Like, you answer whatever he can ask, whatever, right? But I suppose the, the more important thing is 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 granting him the time. Um, sometimes, because sometimes the field is the, the answers. Sometimes you give they can they can be short sighted. There's a I remember a question in in LA, like we were at a festival in LA, and then and then this kid, African American, he was blown away by the film, and his thing was like, but why is the quality so good? Like, he just he couldn't comprehend that this thing comes from Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what the answer is, but it had some arrogance in it, you know? Like, like I think, like, a, 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 yeah, I answered it as a throwaway, and, and part of it is, like, actually, South Africa is one of the oldest film industries or something like that, right? And it's only after the fact that it was like, oh, like, Maybe he was asking for advice. You know what I mean? Maybe it wasn't about, yeah, it wasn't about judging us as Africans. Mm. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's a difficult thing to say. What do you say to a person? I don't, I don't know. Like, um, I suppose the best thing you can do is give them the time they deserve. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's the best way to end this session of the podcast. You guys are freaking amazing. Thank you so much for listening and thank you Holly and Kobe for making time. You can join us on Rika's YouTube channel where we go deeper into conversation of this producing duo's art. See you on the next one.